Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast and our All 32 series. This is the series where we catch up with insiders to give you the need-to-know information on every single NFL team. Will Brinson, Katie Mox here, and today we're covering the Washington Commanders with host of Washington Football Talk on NBC Washington, along with B. Mitch and Finlay on 106.7 The Fan, J.P. Finlay. Thank you for joining us today, J.P. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. It's rainy in D.C., but uh, we'll make it. Oh, mute. Brinson's on mute. I'm muted. Look at that. Technical yes. difficulties all <laughs> over the place. Professional <laughs> professional podcaster unable to mute and demute himself after 55 <laughs> years of doing this job. Uh, JP, longtime friend of the pod. We uh, got to hang out and have beers recently up in uh, D.C. It's pretty nasty down uh, down here, too. It's supposed to rain for like three straight days, which is. Yeah, my, my, my mom and stepdad are out in Wilkes County, and he said they've yeah. got like three inches of rain in the last couple of days, which it is a did. lot of rain. Yeah. It's like 71 degrees and, and dreary outside the middle of June, in case anybody was wondering, um, you know, whether stuff with the earth was changing. <laughs> but I digress. Anyway, let's talk about a less controversial topic, the Washington <laughs> Commanders, <laughs> somehow. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think we could like go in a bunch of different directions when you start with this. But the obvious one, as we talk about and look at this team is, Sam, well, you and I talked about this on the radio a few months ago. Sam Howell, fifth round pick, once thought to be maybe like a top five pick the year before. Um, do we, if he had been drafted in the first three rounds, do we view this commander's team differently going into 2023? And more importantly, JP, is there actually a competition between yeah. Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett, and most importantly, can hmm. good NC State preside over evil Carolina, North Carolina? <laughs> or is it too far okay. gone? Okay. Um, a lot of questions there. Yeah. I, I'll answer yeah. with the one I think is the most definitive, and it's Howell's jobs to lose. Like, he's going to get every opportunity. He, We just watched OTAs and mandatory minicamp. He got every opportunity with the first team there, all of them. And I think he's going to get every opportunity with the first team in mid-August, August 15th and 16th. The commanders are doing joint practices with the Ravens. I think those two days of mm. joint practices and then their second preseason game is a Monday nighter against the Ravens in Baltimore. It might be a FedEx, but regardless, it's you know 30 miles up or down 95. I have to come up for that one. Huh. Yeah, you should, dude, because that's <laughs> now the, the, the second preseason game is now the closest we see to a real game. Right. I was really going to look at the widespread panic tour schedule and see, like, check it out. Okay. Uh, usually MGM National Harbor. But right. um, if Howell looks 
somewhere between decent to good in that stretch of the joint practices and the game against the Ravens. Remember, John Harbaugh, the Ravens have that long-standing preseason win streak. They yeah. take the preseason very yes. seriously. It, yes. If he can look decent to good there, it's his job, period. If he looks bad, if the lights are too bright, maybe Brissett can make a run at this thing. But I, I, I'd say it's a... 80, 85% chance Hal's the week one starter and, oh. and gets a long leash at, at, at a chance of developing into something. You want to tackle this at NC State versus UNC, good versus evil question? No, no, gonna... no, no, no. I mean, it's, it's uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, I like, so my with Duke basketball back there. I know, I, I know, mean, I know. People yes. keep wishing that. Um, that's I, in 92 Duke basketball team signed the entire, signed by the entire, Brian Davis, uh, potential, potential. It's his birthday, by the way. Happy birthday to Brian Davis. Happy birthday, Happy Brian birthday. Davis, you burgeoning billionaire. I hope that your I hope your finances continue to be as as as, as robust as you claim that they burgeoning are. Burgeoning billionaire, burgeoning convict. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it hit or miss. Um I, I will say this that um about Sam Howell. I for a guy like I, you know, I don't like most Carolina guys. Um, and I don't have like a beef against him after, you know, like I don't mean I like Sam Howell. And my buddy okay. Zeke, who Sounds lives like in DC, who lives in DC, and is a huge NC State fan, Nationals fan, grew up a Washington football fan, our fan. Um, he is convinced that the Nationals, after that World Series title, are going to go to crap. They already have. They're going to stay in crap, and that the Washington football team, once Dan Snyder sells and the sales complete, are going to rise to power under Sam Howell becoming a superstar and he's just going to have to root for this Carolina, uh, like the Carolina quarterback is, is, is Zeke's theory. Uh, anyway, I digress. We don't, nobody cares about this. I, there's an avenue for that to be the case. Uh, I mean, ignoring the rest of the city, the caps, the Nats, whatever, just for the, the commanders with Howell, they've got a pretty good team defensively. They could be really good. They've got a lot of talent on, at least on the, on the front and the back level. Um, offensively, I really like most of their skill position players. They've got speed. They've got power. The two biggest questions, unfortunately, have been the biggest questions throughout Ron's time here in Washington, and it is quarterback and offensive line. And, and mm -hmm. the only position you could say definitively has gotten worse under Ron is their offensive line. I mean, when Ron got here, you have two future Hall of Famers and Trent Williams and Brandon Sheriff. Now they're both gone. You could argue yeah. that Trent isn't on him, but the Sheriff situation is. And I don't know that they could protect Lamar Jackson this year, so I certainly don't know that they can protect Sam Howell. Yeah, well, let's talk about that offense uh, a little bit here. What do you think we can expect from an Eric Benemy offense with Ron Rivera running the show? Ron is going to be completely removed offensively. I, now that doesn't mean if it's a big fourth down, you know, I, I, it's ultimately his call if you're going to go for it or not, or if it's late in the game and you're playing for a field goal or playing for a touchdown. I mean, he, he will have some touch points there, obviously, but by and large, I mean, we've already seen it in OTAs and minicamp. Everything is different. I mean, the entire pace and structure of practices is, is much crisper, a lot more running, um, and, and Ron credits the enemy for that. Ron is in this interesting phase of his coaching tenure in Washington and maybe kind of his life where he, he seems happy to be more of a delegator and a manager mm. and, and somebody trying to look big picture and put things together. Um, but at the same time, you know, people act like there's kind of this 
automatic quality that comes with the enemy. And, and I, I can understand why the guys won two Super Bowls in the last five years. Um, I mean, that Chiefs offense, you see it there. I mean, they've been a yeah. freight train, but they yeah. also have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. They had Tyreek Hill. Andy Reid. Yeah, they don't have any of those guys. <laughs> right. Andy Reid offenses have performed with Coy Detmer yes. playing quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know how it's going to go. Nobody does. Howell's intriguing athletically. He's got a big arm, smart kid, nice kid, hardworking. The enemy's intriguing. A, a, a really impressive resume to this point. But we'll see. Yeah. So, I mean, and I don't think you're being skeptical per se. I think you're being appropriately skeptical of, of the enemy, especially given that, like, and I understand it sucks that he couldn't get a job. You know, like like Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy got jobs quick, for, you know, out from under under Andy Reid. Uh, Eric Bieniemy did not. There are a whole variety of possibilities and reasons or reasonable possibilities that we just you can't really get into right now because we're doing a short pot on Washington. But <laughs> it is insane to win a second Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator and say, I'm going to leave Patrick Mahomes for Sam Howell in Washington. Now, I guess the it, the theory there is that like if if Washington's offense is really good, then it solidifies. Hey, I I deserve a job because you did it outside yeah. of the Andy Reid umbrella. On the other hand, like I mean, to your point, like is, is there anything you've seen that could like hint at what this offense might look like? I, I think we're just assuming it's like poor man Andy Reid. I, I you know what I mean? Like it's it's hard to kind of get a grasp on that. Yeah, no, those are. I mean, if, if you want to be skeptical. Not just that he decided to leave KC and land in Washington, but kind of seemed like this was the only opportunity for him. Mm, Even more bizarre. Um, As for what the offense will look like, I think it should look a lot like what we've seen from Andy in in all spots, Philly, KC. Even if you look at what Nate, if you look at what Nagy did the first year in Chicago with Trubisky, when they were led by that defense and it was a lot of Mitch on the move and it was a lot of short stuff. Um, they won 11 games in Chicago. I think Nagy was coach of the year that year. I I think you try to emulate a lot of that, frankly, and that is still the Reed system. Um, Charles Leno, their left tackle, was on those Bears teams, and Ron referenced that, which I found kind of somewhere between interesting and bizarre. Um, But I I think you'll see plenty of that. They've got really good skill position players, and what Andy, what that Reed offense, which is really just an – you know, an evolved West Coast Bill Walsh offense is short stuff where pre-snap motion shows a quarterback the quick hitters that'll be available to take a quick profit. And I think with particularly Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, guys that can make plays with the balls in their with the ball in their hand after the catch, I think they'll try to do a lot of that. And then I think they like their backs. I think they're going to try to run the ball. Um it, it I, the issue to me is going to be turnovers. You got a young quarterback. If he turns it over a bunch, you're going to have big trouble. And I, I honestly think that's why they signed Jacoby Brissett, who's almost mm-hmm. kind of the polar opposite of Sam yeah. Howell. Like Howell's going to try to make exciting plays, explosive plays. Brissett doesn't. I mean, Brissett in his career averages 140 yards passing a game. And we're talking over the 50 starts. Like there's a big body of work here, but what he also doesn't do is turn the ball over. And the Chiefs, with the enemy on that staff, won a lot of games with a guy like that and Alex Smith. And and Alex was better than Brissett, but Brissett is on a Alex trajectory. And 
you know, if this thing goes six games, eight games, and Sam's they're not winning and Sam's turning it over, maybe you, you flip it to Brissett at that point. I'm not sure I see it. I think you're going to have a new owner. If this thing's going sideways anyway, they may just want to see what the kids got because they're firing everybody anyway. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's it's intriguing to find out. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like, I mean, how many how many NFL head coaches have been through two like ownership changes. I mean, it's crazy. Like uh, yeah, Ron was there when, when Tepper bought the team from, uh, from Jerry Richardson and now obviously a different sort of different circumstances. I mean, two <laughs> relatively rushed sales because the owner got in trouble, like conduct behavioral. Yeah. It's weird. It's crazy. Like Ron Rivera, the guy. Remember Ron just holding up. Look, Ron's a great guy. Um, all right. I got questions. I got, yeah, Ron's a great guy. It's like crazy that he keeps finding himself embroiled in these situations. Great, yeah. great human. Yes, great human being. Um, here's a great wide receiver, Terry McLaurin. Coming up, we're going to take a break. Coming up next, I'll ask you if there's another breakout candidate on this roster. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Okay, so Terry McLaurin, what's the uh, okay, hey, hey. this is I'm I'm gonna ask multiple questions again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> How's the chemistry been with Terry McLaurin and, and Sam Howell? And is there room with this offense, which we don't really know much about, for a second breakout wide receiver, aka Jahan Dotson? Um, the Terry Sam stuff is interesting. I think it's super premature to to make a declaration on that. If you go back to um, the the only start Sam had, for, I'm pulling up the box score real quick. Sam got to start week 18 against the Cowboys. Howell faced the Cowboys. He won. People here are extremely excited that he beat the Cowboys. Um, he only completed 11 passes for 169 yards. <laughs> but yeah. of those passes, three of them for 74 yards went to McLaurin, including a deep 50-yard bomb touchdown. So – I'm going to care more about that, the one game they played together where it looked like a really strong connection, than I am going to mini camp where it didn't seem like Sam was looking at Terry all that often. Um, it did seem like Sam and Jahan Dotson had good chemistry in mini camp, but they're, they're admittedly in the early stages of the installation of a new offense that is wordy and complex. And Minicamp and particularly OTAs prior to that are so scripted that it's entirely possible that the media wasn't told, but the players were told, Sam, we want to see you go to Jahan as much as possible just to work on it. Right. Um, so I think McLaurin is a stud, man. He's been a stud with Taylor Heineke, with Carson Wentz. So good. I mean, yeah. Go back to his rookie year when it was 
Haskins and Alex Smith and and uh, Kyle Allen. Like he could, he's produced with anybody. So I, I, I wouldn't, I would expect the same with him really, yeah. but I think Watson could have a, good, a really good year too. You don't get a nickname like Scary Terry without uh, being that good. So there's a lot of question marks on the offense. I will say that Sam Howell to win the MVP is at plus 12,500 if you think he could have a breakout year. But a bright spot for the commanders, at least in the last few seasons, has been the defense. And our Pete Prisco thinks that Washington will be really good. Their defense is here. Do you agree with that assessment? Prisco's list certainly uh, made some made some. <laughs> In the DC sports <laughs> radio circuit, um, yeah, I, I, so I think the defense should be really good. Um, I think I, defensive evaluations fluctuate so much year to year, and a lot of that, yep. I, I think people focus way too much on um, strength of schedule, where you should really focus on quarterbacks you're going to face. Last year, the Commanders faced Sam Ellinger, Davis Mills. Ryan Tannehill, they played the AFC South and Trevor Lawrence, but it was week one before he had really kind of figured some things out. Um, this year, instead of the AFC South, they get the AFC East. Mm. Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Tua, and whatever's going on in New England. Um, I, I think that's a significant <laughs> change. Like, I, I just defensively, they've invested a ton. Their, their first two draft picks this year were to bolster the secondary. I think both those guys will play and be quite good in Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin. Um, it's just they should be good, but there's a lot of fluctuation in defensive rankings year over year. In the past two seasons, two years ago, the commanders were 31st in the NFL in third down stops, in enforcing punts on third downs. This past season, they were first in the NFL. Mm. So, so is the reality the the seesaw nature of that, or somewhere in the middle, or do we just have no idea? And and I argue, perhaps we have no idea. They have good I, Yeah, I mean, I I do think. Like you look at the defense and you hear, you know, it's easy like off season two to get optimistic about anything, right? I mean, like, you know, I mean, you, I mean, except for the Arizona Cardinals, like that's the only thing that you can't get optimistic about uh, if if you're an NFL fan base. But I mean, you do look at the defense, you're like, all right, like if Ron does, you know, what he's supposed to do, and you know, this gets cooking, and they got Jack Del Rio there, who's you know been consistent. But I think you're right. That sort of the the third down stuff, or you look at like being able to force punts. One, I mean, there's just some luck involved. There's going to be some regression naturally. And then two, if you're playing a bunch of bad teams, you're going to just force them to punt more often, especially if you're playing bad offenses. And the AFC East does not look like it's going to be bad. Um, what was the biggest uh, pris- what was the big biggest Prisco uh, uh, thing? Was it Cameron Curl in the top 100? Or So, I mean, I kind of get that. Cam Curl's really good, and he yep. doesn't get the maybe notoriety he deserves. But I, I think it was more John Allen not being in the top 100. Mm. I think he's played at a really high level for three, four years now to, to make that list. But, you know, interior D-line in the NFL has kind of become stacked. Um, really has. It, like across the league. I, I think Allen does, belongs to be on there. There are people that took – took umbrage with where Terry ranked some of the receivers he ranked behind, but dude, it's June. It's list season. People are supposed to get mad about it. It's content. Like I get it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the, the sale of the team. That's probably the biggest news uh, surrounding a hit, a little bit of a snag seems to be potentially moving forward. Like how does this impact the team? And do you think that this sale will actually go through by the season start? Yeah. hundred percent. I think, 
the sensationalism that surrounds Dan Snyder and then a, a, a town like D.C., where the commanders are, are far and away the biggest thing. And you've got a large media market where everything gets like micro micro reported. Um, yep. A lot of steps in a gigantic financial process have been made to seem like hurdles or roadblocks. Mm. When in fact, I think they are just steps in a gigantic financial process. The, the sources I've talked to throughout this thing, I, I mean, up here, I was the first person to report Harris was the front runner when most people were like, I don't know who that is. They got the cash. They got the wherewithal. Not to mention, nobody else wanted this. Bezos was never a real contender. The, the Canadian dude, it's come out that he only had four or $500 million. He never even Brian had Brian Davis, damn it. Brian Davis. I, I mean, <laughs> I, make sure you're only – I don't want to – With the Canadian guy really only had a couple hundred million? He had to pull out of buying the Ottawa Senators. Oh, my God. Not just the Washington Commanders. The, the only real other offer from a person that has proven to have the money was uh, the dude Fertitta from Houston that owns the Rockets. Mm. And he only offered, I think, $5 billion. He's like, that's what they're worth to me. Um, really? and, and frankly, I think he's making a play that the world knows if the Texans ever come up, he's got the cash. So, oh, right, right, right. Um, I mean, that's my theory, but this is Harris, was always going to be Harris, and is done before the first preseason game. That's it. It's interesting too. You point out like the the market because like when the Panthers got sold, I mean David Tepper wasn't going to be a problem. He was already cleared because he was a minority owner with the Steelers. I mean that facilitated it obviously, but like just the reporting around all that was so so different. And I get it. It's in Washington. It was just Washington versus Charlotte. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like you were doing like you did radio shows where the whole day you were probably talking about this sale. Oh, we did weeks for that. Yeah. Right, right, which is crazy. Like you and then like they're like talking about the, the hornets. Like anybody gives a crap about the hornets. Something that's um, really interesting, Brinson, that you said there is well, you're like, well, it was always gonna be Tepper because he was a minority partner of the Steelers. So is Harris. Right. Harris, yes. dude, people are acting like he wasn't gonna get this team. Like, right. The ownership in the Steelers is the path to getting your own team. Ask, Correct. Him, ask David Tepper. The Roonies are like the the clearinghouse for the league. So I think it's just a sensationalism surrounding this team and this hopefully former owner. Crazy. You could also argue too, that like losing Dan Snyder while great for the team and great for the fan base and great in general for humanity and whatnot um, is also like bad for, for selling, you know, for clicks. I mean, Dan Snyder, yeah. I'm just, just saying if you, if you want to be a, if you want to be a, a conspiracy theorist, all right, let's uh, uh, well, Barnwell rated, the sale of the command. The number one thing. Number one thing this offseason in the entire NFL. More than Rogers going to New York. So exactly. I kind of agree with him too. I don't I wouldn't disagree. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk some uh, gambling. What do you think yes, about the Washington? The yeah, Washington win total. Over six, six and, and a half. half. Minus 120, JP. It makes me nervous that they've said it. This team has won seven, seven, and eight the last three years. Um, locally, people are all over the over there, mm. and Vegas is getting extra big to go on the over. Um, they got a tough schedule, dude. You got a young quarterback. You've got four new starters on the offensive line. Mm. At least two of them with significant injury questions and not a ton of depth. Um, the defense should be better, but 
you know, we've talked about defensive fluctuations. The, the one thing they have tried to address is they didn't create a lot of turnovers. I think drafting Emmanuel Forbes in the first round, they're really trying to address that in the past game at least. <laughs> um, this would make me nervous, dude. And my my heart is a overall day, but my head is a little wary of that. It, it seems like they they're begging you to take the over. They're begging you to take the over at minus 120, but if you look at total wins in the division, that's at two and a half with the under juice to minus 140. Mm-hmm. So not looking like they're the books at least think they're going to get three wins in the division. Now we do know that the NFC East is probably the most powerful division right now in football, at least in the NFC. Uh, so yeah, it's hard, it's hard for me to say that they're going to get more than three wins in division, but somehow get seven wins. Um, I mean, if, if they lose to Arizona in week, if they lose to Arizona in week one, that over is adios, amigo. I mean, it's it's stupid, but it's a legit must win week one against Arizona. Yes. And I, I must yes. win. Yes. yes. <laughs> like the argument here is the defense is going to be just as good and there's no way the quarterback play will be as bad as it was with Wentz and Heidi. That's That's not. And I just don't know that either of those are certainties like people want them to be. There, there are definitely pathways. There's definitely a pathway where both of those things converge and Washington is good. And like right. wins 10 games. I mean, that's yeah. not out of the yeah. question. Winning not, one of the weirdest things that I looked at from some of the books is they'll offer you specific wins. Like they'll win five games, six games, seven games. And and the books are t- tilting towards like you get better. It's, it's, a, it's lower odds, I suppose, that they lose five games, that they win five games instead of nine games. Like they're – they don't see things going well here. Yeah, they sure don't. Um, okay. I could, yeah, by the way, you, I should point this out before, before we get, let you go. Um, they, they were like, we want you guys to do 20 minutes. They're like, we had a couple pods last year. I think you're talking panic with JP. I think we were coming out of the gate, but it was like, you know, it was a good, it was a good talk. It was just, I enjoyed was, it. yeah, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed this as well. Um, all right. Would you, uh, would you dabble in Sam Howell MVP at all? 125 to 1? <laughs> just kidding. All right, JP. Thanks, buddy. Yes, JP, uh, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Uh, stay yeah. tuned for more All 32 with Daily Drops in your podcast feed and on YouTube. Uh, JP, again, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, good luck to the commanders this year. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, guys. Yeah, man. relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.